Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Most of the great thought leaders, entrepreneurs, writers, business leaders, healers, artists, and even scientists are guided and inspired by something more than their minds. They follow the sometimes hard to discern, easy to dismiss guidance of their intuitive impulse. Today we're discussing the fine art of following our intuition, what to look out for, how to cultivate it, and the discipline required to sharpen our awareness of it. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. So let's get going. Hi, Karen. Good to be here. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a great topic. I know I've had this question myself. Mm -hmm. A few friends I know we have asked me this question. What is the difference between intuition and mm -hmm. your thinking mind? Yeah. So especially when you have uh, more distortion patterns, it can be harder to tell, to be perfectly honest, because what you're, what you're perceiving often will be distortion, right? So you can't tell the difference between the two. And as you rise in frequency resonance and you release more distortion patterns, it becomes clearer. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, one is that you, it comes with like a strong knowingness and the second is more like chattery. And then it will um, like spin, it will devolve into a lot of what ifs. So mm -hmm. the problem with uh, having a lot of distortion patterns is the mind can kick in really quick and you can start to doubt. But I'll just give you a little story just to give you an example of what, okay. what I'm talking about. Okay, so um, this is actually a story of Chris because he often uh, will tell the story because he's like, I don't feel anything, I don't know anything. So he's like, but if this happened for me, it can happen for you. Okay, this is like his usual oh, yeah, like, okay. <laughs> framework around this, this particular story. But what happened was um, my mom had fallen. Okay, so this is a number of years ago. She'd fallen and she had actually torn her meniscus and had flipped like up, like your meniscus is like this over your knee. And so she tore it and it flipped like this. So it was upside down. Ooh. And so she was in a lot of pain. That's painful. Yeah. So she couldn't stand up. She couldn't wait bare. It was like terrible. So of course, my parent, my father was alive at that time. They called us. They're like, what do we do? Right? Like mom, like obviously is in a lot of pain and can't move. Okay. So Chris dr starts driving because they lived in Oakland at the time and we lived in San Francisco. So he's got to cross the Bay Bridge in order to get to them, to pick them up because they don't have a car and they would be relying on public transit and my mom, oh, no. my mom can't walk. So obviously someone has to go drive them. Yeah. Okay. So Chris is on his way to go pick her up and um, I'm like, where are you going to take her? And he's like, he paused for a second. I, I was talking to him on the phone, right? So I called him on the cell phone. I'm like, where are you, where are you taking her? And he's like, we're going to take her to He's like, what you're going to do is um, read to me all the, the clinic locations of CPMC, okay, which is like a, um, like a larger hospital network in San Francisco. 
I'm like, okay. So I Google it, and I, start, I don't know where they are because we don't typically go to the hospital. We don't have to, which is yeah. great, right? So I don't yeah. know where they all are. Uh -huh. So I start reading him the locations, okay? And I'm like, and it, what's odd about what he's asking me is that CPMC is a hospital network in San Francisco. My parents live in Oakland, right? So it's kind mm -hmm. of like a little bit weird. So I'm like, all right. So I start reading him all the locations. And one of the locations, and the biggest one is in a, a little neighbor, a neighborhood called Pacific Heights. And then I'm, I'm reading the location, and he says, that one, but the one that I'd read was in a, a neighborhood called the Castro, and it was a much smaller, much, much smaller location. Mm. And he's like, that one, we have to bring her there. And I'm thinking to myself, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like, he's crossing the bridge, like, to go to Oakland. There are lots of other Oakland hospitals and whatever, but he's like, no, that's the one. I, I'm positive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you trust him? Yeah, I trust him. Yeah. He was so strong in his knowingness, right? Yeah. And he's like, I know it doesn't make sense, it makes no logical sense, but I know that's where we have to take her. I'm like, wow. okay. So he picks up my parents, right? He brings them all. It's about like an hour, okay, an hour and some to get there. And then he has to like fight traffic to come back. And my mom's in pain, right? So he's like, but he's following his, his intuition, right? Like I said, there are a lot of options in Oakland, but he's like, no, it's the one in Castro. So he manages to get them to the Castro location. And they get a wheelchair and they get my mom into the wheelchair. And as he's wheeling my mother into this emergency room, which is small, literally at the same time, a man walks in. And he's a young man who's a doctor who's starting his shift, who happens to be the partner of one of our friends who's a real estate agent. And this guy looks at Chris, and Chris looks at the guy, and Chris is like, Alex? And Alex looks at Chris and goes, Chris? And he's like, yeah, and he's like, yeah. And so Alex says, I'm just about to start my shift. Like literally, they're crossing paths wow. as they enter the emergency room. Yeah. So what happens? He knows us. So there's like this fast track of like, I don't know, magic that happens, including, by the way, he gets on the phone with the Stanford sports medicine people. And my mother ends up, I don't even know how this happens. She ends up having surgery like within 48 hours really fast mm -hmm. with the guy who does all the knee surgeries for the San Francisco 49ers. Like that's the guy <laughs> who does her knee. <laughs> okay, I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah. But if Chris hadn't listened, that wouldn't happen. No. You know, it was like perfect. Like literally they were walking in at the wow. same time. They would have been waiting and waiting. They would have been waiting and waiting and who knows when they would have, she would have had the surgery and right. who knows who would have done the surgery right. and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, oh, I do knees all the time. That's my thing. <laughs> that's my thing. Right? <laughs> like that's what he does. Wow. And I was like, wow. So that's what happens when you follow your intuition. So for him... Like, again, that made no sense, yeah. right? Like, logically, if you'd, like, you'd done the pros and cons, you would have been, like, crackpot, right? Like, there's no way that makes sense yeah. to bring her all the way over here. Right. You know what I mean? Right. In traffic, she's in pain, all this stuff. But when you fall, it was, like, such a strong knowingness for him. So to answer your first question, what's mm -hmm. the difference between a thought and an intuition? It's that clear knowing. So for him, it was just, like, I just know. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I know. But I just know for sure this Versus is true. Versus a thought could which is, be, yeah. you can second guess the, the thought, like you're saying, and yeah. get really mind. mind. Yeah. Oh, so location too. Mm -hmm. You know, just feeling in your body where exactly. your intuition it comes is. from. If it's really up, up here, here, maybe not so, so much. much. Gut, heart. Heart, yeah, exactly. So for yeah. him, yeah. That, that thank you for that, because I was just going to say it's embodied. So yeah. he felt it in his body. He was just like, 
Whoa. Yes, with my whole being, okay. I know. Okay. I know this is true. I'm not thinking it. Like with my whole beingness, I know that this is, we have to go here, like without a shadow of a doubt. Now, the challenge with some people, including Chris sometimes, is that as time progresses, that starts to get muddy, right? Because sure. the, the, the mind can come in, other people can be like, why are you taking her there? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, sure. Right, like other people can get in the way. And then and you could doubt yourself. Doubt yourself, yeah. right? That happens a lot. And the thing is to trust that embodied feeling, mm. right? So as you said, if it's all in the mind and it just happens up here, then it's less, it, it could be a thought, but when you feel it viscerally in the body and you, know, you have that embodied knowingness, that is a strong intuition. Now, some people also feel things like they'll know in their body and then they'll feel like goosebumpy. Like yes. for example, right? Like 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 Chris will have flashes of insight. I don't know what I'm talking about Chris all the time, but we are right now. But he'll have a flash of insight, and then for him, his confirmation is bodily. He'll get goosebumps, yeah. right? And he doesn't prompt the goosebumps. No, <laughs> it just happen, you know. Come it's, on, come goosebumps. on. <laughs> okay, it's the right thing. Okay. <laughs> No. <laughs> he just has them, and that's confirmation for him. It may be different for everyone else. Yeah. For me, and the thing is, here's the challenge for most people, especially when they begin and they have a lot of distortion patterns, is it's hard for us to follow our intuition sometimes because, like I said, our mind wants to say, well, that doesn't make sense, and right. it doesn't, there's no knowing this. So it actually takes discipline mm -hmm. to follow your intuition. And we, we're calling this segment the fine art of following your intuition. It's a fine art and it's a discipline. Because sometimes, or often, you have to overcome your mind. So meaning, it's like, I'm gonna follow this even though this makes no sense whatsoever. So just another little example. Mm -hmm. So I happened to be seeing uh, another acupuncturist, because you know, I see two of you, yeah. right? And I had gone to uh, Jenny, my acupuncturist, um, for um, um, joint pain, because I'm having heat at night and pain in my joints. Okay, and so she was in flow and putting needles. I don't know what her method is, but she was kind of just doing stuff. And she was like, she told me, um, okay, that's really weird. I know I have to put in points in your wrist right here and also in your foot, but I always put it in in your foot first and then the wrist. But I keep checking with you, like your body. Mm -hmm. I keep feeling your body. And intuitively, I keep getting, it has to be in your wrist first and then your foot. She goes, this makes no sense. And likely you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm gonna follow that, yeah. okay? So the way she usually puts it in, like foot first, mm -hmm. it's to help quiet the mind or something like this. Mm -hmm. Help your shen go to sleep, et cetera, because mm -hmm. I was having challenges with sleep. She's like, I'm just gonna do it, whatever. I'm just gonna follow my instinct and do it. So she did it. And then she went to look it up. I was lying there, you know, on the table. And she goes, you know why it had to be in that order? Because in the order we did it, which is not the way I usually do it, it's for joint pain. Oh my gosh. Right? Yes. So like when you follow, yes. like she's like, all of her experience was telling her, mm -hmm. do it the other way. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just, I just know. And that's the discipline. That's the discipline to Where, follow that. Right. And not let your mind sway you. Mm-hmm to whatever yeah. way it wants to or, say. Or go into the certainty of like, I've always done this before, right, right. you know what I mean? And so that's one of the challenges with the distortion patterns, especially at the beginning, is because it's like, your mind can get in there and be like all telling you stuff. And you might want certainty of wanting to know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the certainty of like, well, I'm pretty sure this is right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you actually were to write down all the times, right, that you wanted to follow your intuition and then did not do it, you'd be like, yeah, right? There's so many times you're like, dang it, I knew that. Yeah. Like these things, it's like, I, you know, when you're packing for a trip or whatever and you're like, okay, I should pack this. Oh yeah. Right? That and you're like, right? So you're packing something and you're like, why do I, I don't need this. Like, why do I need this like 
rope, you know, or like piece of string or whatever, you know, you're like, this is so random. Why do I need this? But then it ends up like you're, and then you don't take it. And then you're three days into the trip. You're like, dang it, I need that piece of rope. <laughs> I gotta buy I feel like that. that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you're unsure and you don't want to move on your intuition at first because you're scared or you're not sure, just start writing down on your phone or in a little journal or like, you know, something that you keep with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, my instinct is to do this and then watch to see what happens. Mm. Just watch to see what happens. And that will start to give you confidence and like, okay, I knew this, I'm gonna do it. Right, I knew tests. I'm gonna do it, little tetis, tests. So mm -hmm. you can just like, be like, okay, see that worked out. I was, I was right there. So it can give you a little bit more confidence. Yeah. Okay. Now for some of you, you don't need that, right? Some of you are just like, I'm just gonna follow my intuition, right? Like I have no fear, I'm uh -huh. just gonna follow. So for you, you don't need that, but for some of you it's harder and you don't know the difference between your thoughts and your intuitions. So right. maybe writing things down okay. can be helpful. And then um, I have this, little, I had this little thing called like a little intuition journal at the beginning and I'd be like, you know, it's a little thing. I'm like, see all those times? Ah. Yeah, intuition was right. <laughs> oh, cool, and then now you're like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm done that, I don't need I'm it anymore. Trusting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, would you say there's different like levels of how would I word this? Like, um, I can, I'll just give an example. Like sure. when I was moving to Hawaii, mm -hmm. that was a huge gut, like listening totally. to that intuition. Like uh, I could tell the story real quick. I was sitting on the beach. I had just come from a cruise. I'm in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I, I never wanted to move to Hawaii. I'm not a big water person, you know, but I just felt this pull. Right. Yeah. And so I extended my trip. I stayed. Mm -hmm all the signs were pointing to move to Hawaii. I was like, but I don't want to move to Hawaii. I literally was like, but no. And it was like, but go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had looked up what my dream job would be. I found it. I got chills. You know, yeah. all the signs were there. And my mind would try to be like, but, you know, there's there's no this or this or this or da-da-da. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I had, you know, and then the volcanoes were going off. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to go still. <laughs> you know, so that's like a strong one because it has to do with, moving mm -hmm. whereas like when you're packing mm -hmm. you know the jacket or something yeah is it like less strong of a pull or does it as you're doing it more like every intuition is just the same strength strength does yeah i feel like there are different things that we get intuitive hits for okay mm -hmm. personally right mm -hmm. so for you the hawaii was a pivotal one for you right mm -hmm. so meaning for you it wasn't just like you said packing something and you whether you do it or not so um it's harder for some people when they hit those pivotal moments to listen to or follow like the chills the goosebumps the okay. the knowingness it can be harder because there's more at risk right you're about to like take your whole life oh, sure. and like move okay. it over. And that's like, you got to set the fear aside. Yeah, you have to set the fear aside. I almost aside. feel like the smaller ones are harder for me because mm -hmm. I can't tell if it's my mind just uh. being like, oh, maybe I should grab that, yeah. you know, or like grab that. that you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that um, if you just, when it's like sort of random, yeah. The more random it is, sometimes the it's easier in a way because you're mm. like, that's so random. Like, why do I want to pack that thing? Right. Why would I be thinking, thinking about that? that. Because you know? it's not thinking. Because it's okay. not thinking. Cool. Then you know. Okay? Yeah. So the more random it is, often, um, that's intuition. That's a, for the small things. Yeah. For the big things, um, it's about governing your fear, right? So it's just like, man, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, we had the same thing when we moved to Hawaii. Like, oh. it made no sense for us either. Zero. You know? Yeah. Zero. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, we're just starting spherical luminosity. We know nobody on the island. 
we don't know how we're going to make money. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we don't know where we're going <laughs> to live. We don't know where we're going to live. <laughs> we don't know how long we can afford to be here. We're moving all of our stuff, which is just very expensive. But sure, let's, like, we just feel like Chris was like, we got to go there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you just, into, like, it's like, okay, you're going to go. So yeah. despite, the thing is the mind wants certainty. And intuition yeah. is so much more than certainty. It's mm -hmm. like, it's the being comfortable in the yet to be known, right? Mm -hmm. It's the not yet known. And that's what can be really scary for us. But what happens is the more you leap into the not yet knowns, the more you follow like your little intuition journal, the more you can trust yourself because you're like, it's worked every other time. Or the other thing you can do is to, if you get the chills or yeah. the bodily yeah. things, is to remember that you had them. Okay, so one of a pivotal moment for us is in 2013, we actually ended up uh, journeying to New Zealand, which was a really big deal because that's when a lot of my inner vision stuff opened. Okay, that was one of my big moments. And when we were invited onto that trip, there was this moment in time, um, Chris and I were in the car driving a new friend to dinner, and he uh, told us that he was going on a trip, we were, like he wanted to plan a trip to New Zealand. And in that moment for me, time got really long. And I was like, yes, like what, I don't even know what he's talking about, but whatever he's talking about, mm -hmm. it's yes, because time got so weird. And Chris had a visceral knowing in that moment, like, yes, we just kind of looked at each other. And we're like, yeah, we're going. And it's funny because leading up to that trip, there were so many things that went wrong. Like the person who was supposed to be giving it ended up stealing all the money and taking off. And like, we didn't oh know God. how we were gonna afford it. We didn't know what we were gonna do when we were gonna land. Like all this crazy stuff happened, which were like logically pointing to do not go on this trip. But what I kept remembering was that feeling of time. I was like, that was not random. Mm. I'm gonna hang on to that, mm -hmm. right? So do you see what I'm saying? Like, I do, I'm glad you said that because yeah. um, I think for the listeners, it's important. Mm -hmm. And I want to share what happened to me. Same thing. Yeah. So when I extended my trip in Hawaii, mm -hmm. everything went wrong. Yeah. Like, um, so this was after the cruise. Everyone went home. I was there by myself. Yeah. And I, I remember I had treated um, my family member right before they left mm -hmm. because they were sick. Mm -hmm. And they felt amazing. And then I got sick. Mm -hmm. And then I got this horrible ear infection. And then, like, it was like thing after thing. But there was bad things happening, but it was still in the flow. Mm. So like I was walking down the street and there was a clinic and mm. they treated my thing for free, my ear thing, hmm. you know, like, so it resolved bad, but it was still in the flow. Yeah. And I remember feeling that same kind of gut knowing that it's not what happens to you. Mm -hmm. It's how you kind of deal with it. Yeah. In how a you, sense. yeah. How you, and I knew that I was like, no, that's not swaying me from coming. I'm still supposed to be here. Move here. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was wild. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like you have obstacles, but you can still yeah, feel that like... your mind can trick, trick you out yeah, of... Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you're like, and yet all the obstacles are being resolved. Yes. Yeah. Not crazy. Yeah. So it's sort of like um, you these little pieces where you either are still in flow. There's like um, a physical trigger that you remember. Yeah. Time is different. Something like this yeah. to anchor to that, right? Now, I'm not saying... So... A lot of people will say, well, Karen, what happens if you're in a situation and you're like, you're being abused? Like, is, should you stay in it? No, you should not. You know, like if you're being abused or oppressed or dominated in some way uh, and your intuition is telling you to stay, 
really that is not a good thing for no, you. No, because that's like bypassing the obvious, right? Like yeah. abuse is an obvious no. Yeah, exactly. Always, probably. Yeah, and I would just say like you don't need to suffer in order to like validate your intuition. Does that make sense? So I just um, want to put it out there mm -hmm. that um, like you don't, does that make sense? Like you don't, you shouldn't have to, like it's not about testing you to see your resolve. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to like put yourself through that yeah. in order to um, um, have you be like worthy of your intuition or something working out for you or being in flow. Okay, so I just want to make that really good clear. That, yeah. Okay, and <clears throat> so sometimes as you say, like, so to answer the question of like, well, what happens if things go wrong? Well, if they keep going wrong and there's no resolution ever, chances are you need to like deal with the distortion patterns to release them, yeah. okay? However, if you receive an intuitive knowingness and obstacles come up like they did for you or they did for us and there's resolution in some way, then following your intuition is good. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, I just want to distinguish those yeah, two things. Yeah, it's almost like just seeing the difference between doors closing, mm -hmm. right? Where it's a very obvious like yeah. close, yeah. No. no, or like, or like when you're pushing against something, yeah. you know that? Yeah. You're pushing and pushing and it's just not, not working. going. Yeah. That's a no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that at that point, it's important to then uh, surrender and let go of the mind yes. and then follow where flow is and come into neutrality because often when we're pushing and I'm, you know, I've done this a lot in my life where I've been pushing and pushing against something, yeah. trying to make it happen because yeah. I'm willing it to happen. Yeah. Chances are like, in those moments, it's actually very hard to receive intuition because you're so driven by will. You know what I mean? You're so trying to make something happen. It's difficult for intuition to come in at all. So in those moments, it's to catch yourself and be like, wow, I'm really noticing that I'm trying to make this happen because I want this outcome. Okay, so where are the patterns that I have to release? How do I come into more neutrality so I can just be with this and wait to see where the flow takes me next? Right, as opposed to, we all want resolution, right? Because we have minds, and we're like, yeah. we want this to just end. Have, I, you know? well, I guess most of us have things, preferences. Yeah, exactly. So it's like holding your preferences loosely. Loosely, yes. So you, for exactly, the greater for, yeah, hold to kind of show you where exactly. So to hold your preferences lightly, to not like over, like will yourself into something, and then to hold your neutrality. And like I said, a lot of us want <clears throat> excuse me, resolution one way or another. We want the the certainty of that resolution. Yeah. But to wait until you get a strong yes into something else. Make sense? Yeah. Because sometimes we want resolution so badly, we'll just take whatever to just like have an answer yes. that we can like move on. Yes. And this is something I have learned to be disciplined about also is to be like, no, wait, wait. Because the universe has never really been that subtle with me. It's usually like a kind of a clong over the head. You're like, okay, all right, well, I guess I'm going to do this now. Yeah. Sorry. So it's just like, okay, well, when I have the yes, then I'm going to follow, yeah. you know? So I would say that's important. Yeah. And I think also... It never hurts to ask. Mm -hmm. Ask the universe, your higher self, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something outside of you. It could yeah. be yourself. your higher self. But yeah. that's what I just did with, mm -hmm. you know, we're thinking about buying a home in two mm -hmm. different places. And it was very confusing of which way to go. And mm -hmm. I just stopped everything, paused, asked. And now some doors are closing and others are opening. opening. You can ask for clarity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Even in the dreams, it comes up sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And for those of you who have, now some of you, 
This will be challenging, okay? For those of you who have difficulty finding your zero and have challenges with multiple realities, or you have challenges with like entities or dead people coming into you, you will know this because your life is very, very difficult and you know that there's something else running within you that you don't like and that you don't want, okay? Mm. If you have darkness that you have challenge with, okay, and many of you who have this are aware that you have it because you know something is wrong, it's harder for you to follow your intuition at first because you can't tell if it's your intuition or if it's the dark thing. Honestly, okay, it's a really big challenge for people who have this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I would say is, for those of you who have a challenge with this, <clears throat> I would say in at first to hold and become aware more of strengthening your center, meaning releasing the darkness first, okay? so. For these types of people, okay, this is a very specific subgroup of the population, to not listen to the voices, okay, especially if they're voices, because the voices are typically the darkness, okay? Your intuition will be more of a feeling, mm. all right, than it is words. So if you're getting like thoughts or like words, know that that probably is not something that's serving you, especially if it's like, seems counter like to your well-being, yeah. for example, okay. okay? So for you guys, please just work on strengthening your center, releasing your dark, the darkness out of you, okay? If you have to have IFCs or whatever it is that you need to do that, do that or just do more of the frequency work that will make you stronger then you can, some of you can push some of the lower level things out. You mm -hmm. may need IFCs, you might need extra help for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get strong enough, you'll find your intuition starts to flourish, okay? Mm. So, but at the beginning, you need to deal with the other stuff first. Make sense? Yeah, yeah because it's a very specific group. Ooh, scary. Yeah, it can be, it can be very disorienting and scary, yeah. Cool, I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. A lot of, lot of juicy info. Um, I'm sure I would listen to this again because you <laughs> gave us a lot of good tips, so yeah. thank you, Karen. Thank you, Tia. For those of you who are new, we're just about to start the GFC. This is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. So I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. You can sit, stand, or lie down. Or if you prefer to walk around slowly, you could even do that too. If during the GFC you find that you start falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. That just means that the frequencies are really high and it's more efficient for you to be asleep to integrate them. If this happens, it's good to listen to the GFC portion again a few times until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations. And many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. If you happen to be listening to the audio version of this episode, please definitely do not drive while listening to this. Okay. Here we go. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for the fine art of following your intuition. 
So first, becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, becoming aware of the space between your toes. So you'll likely notice that the space between, or the spaces between your toes, rather, is not the same. It's not regular. So just noticing the space between your toes, giving them a good wiggle and letting them come into relaxed ease. Just noticing when they come into this relaxed state, what the space is between them. Good. Becoming aware of your jaw. So noticing if your jaw is slightly clenched or if it's slack. Some of us grit our teeth without really even noticing it. So just noticing how your jaw is. Noticing things like where it hinges into your skull. Good. And now please become aware of your breath. And as you become aware of your breath, please notice if you can just notice it, or if you have to do something to change it, or if you judge it, just notice. Your breath as it is right now. Good, and then when you're ready, if you haven't already, allowing the breath to become much slower. To drop deeper into the body. Noticing if you can allow your breath to not only become more spacious and to be deeper into the body, noticing if your breath can become more spherical. So noticing if it can expand not only where you habituate, so meaning potentially to the front or perhaps to the back, but noticing if you can expand your breath and allow it to expand not only front or back, but both at the same time, in addition to your sides and above and below. 
Just noticing if your breath can become much more round. Good. Yes. And now, please notice your surroundings. Becoming aware of the feeling of the air on your skin and whatever else is touching your skin. Okay? So that could be your own skin. So, for example, if you're sitting cross-legged, becoming aware of your skin touching itself, but in different parts of your body. Becoming aware of the textures that you feel through clothing or fabric of upholstery or floor coverings, and also the feeling of the air. You don't really pay attention to the texture of the air. There is a texture to air, we just aren't noticing it. How much humidity is in it? How much dryness? If it feels heavy? Okay, if today is a little smoggier than another. The temperature of it, if it feels like the heat coming of a hot day or perhaps coolness coming. So whatever it is, becoming aware of the textures against your skin. Good. And then when you're ready, blinking your eyes open and noticing the quality of the light. Mm-hmm. Good. So if you are new, you're going to keep your eyes open. And if you have more experience, you can choose whether to keep your eyes open or not. It's at your option. So we're going to now triangulate. So if you're experienced and have done this before, you know exactly what that means. And if you're new, triangulating simply means to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. And as you become aware of these three inanimate objects, it's not really important what they are. What you're going to notice is the distance between each object and you. So, for example, if you notice that the lamp is about eight and a half foot from you, you're going to notice that distance and then feel the distance between the lamp and you. And then you'll do the same thing for whatever object B and C is. And you'll notice that your sense of where you're, you are in space becomes more focused, more clear, more present for you. 
Mm-hmm. Good. The reason that is important uh, is something that you can watch the episode on um, what is foundation of the illusion or what is time. Continuing on, bringing your attention, please, to your lower ribs, okay, and the entire solar plexus, which is between the belly button and the base of the sternum. Your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. Mm-hmm. Good. You're just going to breathe normally here for just a second more. And then we're going to take a nice deep breath together, inhaling, holding your breath for a count of five. And then when you're ready, releasing your breath at the speed and intensity you prefer, holding your breath out. Also, for a count of five. Breathing normally whenever you've completed that one single breath. And so what we're doing here is we're waiting for the mastermind to coalesce, to become coherent. So as we wait for that to happen, please know that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. And that I often work in silence. So if you don't hear me, that's uh, because I'm working at a very high frequency level. And if I make physical noise, it only drops the frequency resonance, which doesn't benefit you. I also do make sound. So you might hear me yawn or exhale sharply or hum. It's typically how I release uh, lower denser, stickier distortion patterns, not always, but often. And if I say something that you really resonate with, it's likely yours. And if I say something that you really resist, it's also likely yours. So I encourage you to remain open and to examine or explore further. Good. So now that the mastermind has coalesced, keeping your attention in that solar plexus between the belly button and the base of the sternum, Okay, you can put a hand here if that helps you keep your focus. If it doesn't help you, then please don't do it. So keeping your attention in the solar plexus, we're going to ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? 
And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this surprisingly vast space, please imagine, see, sense, or feel a brilliance at its very center that starts to get brighter and brighter as you keep your attention on it. And as it brightens and intensifies, it expands outwards through all of your cells in all directions. through your organs, out through your bones, and out through your muscles and flesh, and through the pores of your skin, into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Mm -hmm. Becoming aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Yeah. And now, please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at frequency or spirit level, to increase your frequency resonance irrespective of where it began. This is one of the most important things we do together because how high your frequency resonance is dictates what your reality looks like, how you perceive it, how much distortion you can release, and how quickly you can integrate.
Mm -hmm. Good. Bring your attention, please, to your heart space. Not your physical heart, but your heart space in the center of your chest, in your nipple line. And also, uh, your xiphoid process, which is right at the base of that sternum, which is that central bone in the center of your chest. You trace that central bone all the way to the base where the bone ends and becomes flesh. You'll notice that if you press right there where it becomes flesh, it's a little sensitive. That's your xiphoid process. So keeping your attention there and your heart space. So this is the fear of mm, the, uh, depending on the subgroup you're in, the nonlinear, the unknown, okay, or what is beyond the mind to release those. Good. Yep. So you're going to bring your attention again to that solar plexus between your belly button and the base of the sternum. All right. So this is self-doubt, okay? Or um, depending on who you are, it's self-doubt, which is pretty strong, or like second-guessing yourself. That's sort of the lighter version of it, okay? But when you receive things... You might know in the moment that that is true. And then what will happen is you will go into self-doubt and you'll start to think about things and you'll overthink things. And then all of a sudden the intuition is now gone because you've overthought it. Okay, So what was so clear in the moment has now been diluted by mind chatter or mental spin. Okay, so let's release this. For some of you, this is quite an uh, entrenched dynamic or distortion pattern. So it may take a number of layers to clear this, right? And interestingly, there's a subgroup where that, like, the belief that if we could rely on our intuition 100%, because it's 100% right all the time, is a false sense of certainty that we chase. Mm 
in the sense that it prevents us from being in the surrender required for the awakening to happen, right? Because if you knew perfectly with your intuition exactly what was happening, there's no surrender required because you, you just know, right? So some people have that expectation, but you don't get that kind of clarity because if you did have it, you wouldn't go into the surrender state that's really required in order for your, not only you to ascend, but also for your intuition to get really sharp. Okay, so um, from a perspective that isn't like uh, driven by certainty, okay? Because that often creates more control because of the fear patterns underneath it. So hopefully this all makes sense. Releasing. Good. Really big patterns. All right, bringing your attention, please, to the base of the sternum to your xiphoid process again. And about three inches or seven centimeters right beneath it towards the belly button, clearing out your pain body because your pain body has a memory and it remembers you before the distortion patterns were released. Okay, so if we just take the couple of seconds it takes to clear out the pain body. It makes your integration much faster. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my time and personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns 
in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.